0: using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com slash potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being and let's get checked. POTENTIAL Viewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks.
1: Hello and welcome back to a very special edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my fellow uh, Rebellion uh, leader, Taylor Sokol. And we're joined once again, It's it's been, it's it has felt a while because it's been since uh, the end of Obi-Wan. But we are joined back with our Star Wars guru and uh, you know fellow you know Force user Tim Fitzsimons is back here on the podcast today. We're talking about the latest original Star Wars series to come out on Disney Plus, Star Wars Andor, uh, season one of this show, which is serving as a prequel to the awesome film Rogue One, following our favorite thief turn rebel. Cassian Andor, Diego Luna back to star in this series. And uh, this was exciting. We knew this was coming out, and we were really excited to check this out because a lot of fans of Rogue One, we're all three big fans of Rogue One. We really enjoyed that film and what that story was. And a lot of stuff had to lead up to that. You know, especially we have had a lot uh, lately with Star Wars with a lot of uh, nostalgia bait and bringing back these Force user characters. Let's put that to the side. Let's get down to the dark, gritty adult Star Wars. The Star Wars, those you know, Disney doesn't want you to see, but somehow they showed you anyway. And we're really (laughs) thankful that they actually did make this show uh, as dark as they did. So uh, this is your spoiler warning for the first season of Andor.
0: Spoiler warning. I never get over that sound effect. It's so good.
1: There it is. If you have not actually gone and see the whole season, uh, go do that because we're talking about some major spoilers before we kind of break down some of the big plot points and obviously the casting and the production and stuff. Uh, Tim, welcome back to the podcast. What was your kind of expectation level for Andor uh, going into this?
2: Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me back, boys. It's always good to chat with you about all things Star Wars. My for I mean, my expectations of Andor were... I mean general excitement. I mean as we've talked about multiple times when it comes to Star Wars, it's hard to make me not excited about it. I'm always ready for new Star Wars property. Um and especially after what you you know like what you were saying Chris, we are all huge fans of Rogue One and out of the out of since the Disney takeover uh or the Disney acquisition of Lucasfilm, I think Rogue One was probably the best film that was made out of the ones that we were presented over the course of those five or six years. Um, And part of it had to do with, we didn't have any expectations for those characters. We didn't, we didn't know who they are to start off with. So we, and we didn't know what was going to happen to them. And it definitely helped that the filmmakers didn't need to keep them alive for the next, for whatever the next thing was going to be. And because of that, it became just a phenomenon because it was like, oh, this this is it's a whole new direction of what Star Wars could be. So with Andor and really delving into Diego Luna's character as Cassian um, and like what makes him tick, where he comes from and all of that, I was very excited for. Um, And I can tell you right now that the series completely exceeded all of my expectations about what Andor was going to be and where it was going to lead.
1: Yeah, I'm totally with you on that one, uh, Taylor.
0: Yeah, I mean, Rogue One set such a precedent for what Star Wars, you know, cinema could be, and I think that kind of still—I was still waiting to catch that—that that high, if you will, that excitement, and I mean, that was the best kind of like war film that Star Wars kind of enabled and really showing that you can create drama um, for more of an adult audience of Star Wars. Because I think maybe George Lucas set out for, oh, this should be for kids. But Mm -hmm. honestly, Star Wars should be for for all people, all generations, all creatures, big and small. So I think be able to offer, like you said, a grittier take, I was all for it. And so I I had very high expectations. I was very excited because I spoke to you both before that um, they had Rogue One released back at IMAX. So I was excited to go back and see that. And they had a little bit of a sneak peek of like the first, you know, I thought it was like the first, maybe 10 minutes. It was like a snippet from one of the earlier episodes. And I was like, wow, I'm really psyched with the dialogue, the suspense and just that thrilling rush that I was like, I didn't realize I needed and that I wanted more. So yeah, I had really, high expectation going on this and knowing that this is going to be a prequel to rogue one and essentially leading into, you know, the original trilogy. I was, I was stoked.
1: Yeah. I think for me, rogue one represents an actual star Wars movie with stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think a lot of times we looked at the the new trilogy and even though there was moments of uh, peril, it kind of always felt like, well, we kind of know Ray's going to make it out of this. Like they're not going to kill off this character. With Rogue One, you were watching this group that you knew were going to be dead by the end of the movie do whatever it takes to get their mission done. And even in the beginning of that film, there's that little moment where Cassian's like in the alleyway and he shoots that dude. And you're kind of like, oh, this dude is he's done some stuff, Um, you know, and, and as much as we look at the Empire as this all evil entity, Um, some of these rebels have to make some tough choices to survive and to get their missions done. Where does he come from? Where did, where did his story start? You know, we, it's a great character to kind of focus on Mm -hmm. uh, as he is kind of this uh, brilliant, you know, escape artist in some ways. uh, And he's tactical, but he has a lot of heart too. And there's the whole backstory we kind of get with him where he came from in the series uh, which I think motivates a lot of you know why he does what he does. So, yeah, this show I, I had high expectations for. and it's, it, Even the trailers just looked awesome. I was like, I think, you know, we talked about with Boba Fett, we were a little, you know, it, it had great moments in it, but it wasn't a great series. Obi-Wan had some good stuff in it, but ultimately maybe not everything we wanted. This kind of gave us a whole different thing to look forward to and a longer series too, 12 episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. so longer you know not these six episodes seven episodes and stuff no we're getting a full uh, and we know that we're getting into season two which we're gonna get to the more of the end of this uh, uh, which is exciting so i yeah i kind of like that really from the get-go they released three episodes you could totally tell why they released the first three episodes the way they did really the show did kind of feel even though it's all one connective piece it was like these three story arcs mm-hmm. that kind of through to the show or three sometimes blend into one or the other but you kind of have these four main chapters and from the get-go i mean the thing too with this was for me was we've been used to the volume being used uh, for those who are listening do know what the volume is volume is this awesome new technical set that uh lucasfilm uses where they can have these crazy screens all over the side, and they can really make you know things very expansive, but they can do a lot of live sets in the middle. This show did use elements of that, but it was a lot of actual like film locations, which I thought that would that helped a lot. Yes. Mm-hmm. But right off the get-go, uh, Casting kind of getting this little pickle and shooting these two officers, which obviously kind of kicks off really the show of oh crap, I killed two guys. I now need to get the hell out of here. They're gonna be looking for who did this. And meeting our our meeting a character that he he's like a little bug character that I thought he was gonna have more overall to do in this first season. I think we're gonna see more of his I want to I don't want to call it revenge, but like more of what he's really meant to do in season two. But we're introduced to Cyril, who uh this deputy inspector who uh already from the get-go with this first couple episodes, seeing that he's sticking his neck out to be like, look two of these officers were killed, we should prosecute and look for this man. And the fact that they're like, let's just shy away like it never happened. Like you're already seeing elements of the empire's hold of like, some things are not worth it. And it's like, these people died. So I thought that was already like showing, like just like we see in our own government and governments around the world, little matters sometimes don't, don't matter when it comes to, what if, what you might call the greater good, and how some characters are going to react to that, and be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Uh, I'm here to do a job. I'm going to do this job." I thought that was kind of a a bold start to this kind of first three episodes, where we're we're casting like, "Oh crap! What do I do? How do I get out of here?"
2: Yeah, and and this character was Cyril. Yeah, I I agree with you. I was interested to see where his character was going to go, and I did feel like. It's he's being he, it felt flat because I think you're right. They're setting something up for late for um, later season, especially with his um, connection to the ISB agent, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and but it was it's you know, he's 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 the guy that everybody dislikes at the office because he's like, we're gonna do things by the book and we're gonna make sure that everything <laughs> who touched my stapler. <laughs> Who who moved this? Oh, why oh wait, you're not doing anything. Why don't you actually like, you know, do your job and and everybody's like, oh, we have to deal with him now? And of course, he finds a couple of people. He finds some people within um the unit that, you know, want to do what he wants to do and are willing to follow him, and but it completely blows up in his face um because of Andor's actions, you know, with you know, in with, with everything when they try to go catch him. Mm-hmm. And and then like with where his character ended up going, it just yeah, it just felt a little flat because it's like, oh, we're dealing with him and his mother.
0: Well, yeah, I always felt
2: <laughs> his overbearing Which... mother.
0: Yeah, well, we 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 well, it was interesting. We'll say the contrast between him and his mother and then Cassian. And yes, his mother. But I would love to I would love to have seen more parallels because I think that's what they were trying to do. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't like, oh, God, we got the. You know, it felt like we just had George Costanza and his mom in space. (laughs) There was elements for me that I did
1: enjoy of like, what is the everyday life of a lot of these characters in Star Wars? You know, we're so used to following these like big major characters that are force users or Jedi or Sith or, you know, like the big principles that there was elements of, like, I kind of like that, like, his, you know, once he loses his job and he's kind of, like, stuck living with his mom again, he lives in this apartment that's, like, way down this huge shaft of, like, a gazillion apartments. You're just, like, it just shows, again, how, like, you know, Coruscant, it's, like, there's a lot there. It's a lot, a lot of buildings. So I kind of like that idea that he kind of falls from grace. He kind of had a better position, and now he's literally at the, at the bottom. But I did want more payoff, at least for the first season, of like, what's the purpose of showing this character so much if he's not gonna have a moment to catch Cassian or Yeah do something maybe a little more like villain, you know, because he's definitely if you look at the good and evil side of characters, he's more on what they are portraying as like a villainous character. And yeah, there wasn't much payoff for him.
0: It would have made more sense if like when well, we're gonna get to the prison
1: that he kind of comes in or like, you know, all of a sudden he's working there.
0: Yeah. Cause and like, all of a sudden yeah. he's got his little beady eyes pop open. Like he does. I know and that, like, man. that's,
1: that's you good. Yeah.
2: played very well by that actor. I don't know. Oh yeah.
1: Kyle solar. I don't know if I've yeah. seen him before. Um, He, he was great. I, uh, And he, yeah, he plays the role well. So I'm hoping that we get more of why he'll, he'll be important for uh season two. And obviously the way they kind of end off is with, with his character, you know, we did want to talk about the, the isb as you talked about the imperial security bureau one of the best elements of this show was showing just what the empire does do what 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 elements of the empire has a hold on people in different systems and we've never really gone that we've gone the table of dudes on the death star
0: yeah very briefly
1: talking about crap you know and then you know a little bit of you know that kind of element but we didn't really had like what does the Empire actually do in certain places to make him Mm -hmm. so appalled that there is this whole rebel movement? And this was a great way to show, like, this is a board of directors that have to basically be like, you go to this system, you go to that system, and there gets into some dark territories. And you see, even within their own group, there is arguments and there is rivalries of who's the better officer.
0: Yeah, everyone's trying to go up the corporate ladder and and, and whatnot. So yeah. it really humanized it um, to their, you know, whether we in we saw the Empire, as you yeah. said, the, the Table of Doom, where it was Grand Moff Tarkin. And there's kind of a little bit of like tease of like what they do. And that was it. The rest of the original trilogy was the Empire's just kind of lackeys and fodder for Vader to kind of slice through. And all we know is Vader and the Emperor do everything. But then we didn't get much more so i think this is what we needed to see more layers of that empire onion if you will
2: yeah we basically in the you know after we get introduced to tarkin and i, I like i like the doom table <laughs> um <laughs> um but after we get introduced to them you're absolutely right we we see the macro of what the empire is doing we see on, on a grand scale what they're doing to try to defeat the rebellion um and to regain control of the galaxy as more and more systems are starting to follow in line with what the rebellion stands for versus what Andor and what the series did for us with showing us the isps that we're now seeing a little bit more of the micro we're seeing what is being done like the decisions that are being made to try to to make sure that they have control which of course we all we all know is going to backfire on them and they and um and it's talked about with uh, our one of our favorites, Stellan Skarsgård's character, Luther and the way that you know they're over, they're so overconfident mm-hmm. with what they're with what they're doing that you know we're we're going to try to, but that, that we want to provoke them into being this to get people to join our cause, and I, I just think and and it's just done it's portrayed so beautifully throughout the entire throughout this entire season of, yeah. you know, like, Oh yeah, they're, they're, they're just going to keep, they're just going to keep pushing the bar forward. They're just going to keep moving forward without any thought as to what the repercussions of what they're doing is.
0: Yeah. Let's get throw back a line to return of the Jedi. Your overconfidence is your weakness. Your faith in your friends is yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Absolutely.
1: And and that and was great in this overall series is this main officer we follow, Deidre, played by Denise Goff, who goes up in the ranks for me as one of the coolest Empire yes. characters ever.
2: Oh, so good.
1: Seeing this intense lady who just... So intense. So she great. starts having these hunch and, you know, with some of the data she's seen and how... I love that we have in here um, Anton Lesser, who's been in a bunch of stuff. Obviously, Game of Thrones, he's the alumni of that, um, the crown. Him playing kind of the head officer of this uh, ISB. Yep. Very cold, very calculated, but he is willing to listen when it comes to potential leads and just seeing how she's picking up this idea that like, there's no way that this can be just happenstance. There's no way this can be so... That there's this amount of rebel activity here and here and here, and that's not connected. She's like, there has to be something that is connecting this, yeah. And how it all kind of connects to Cassian himself. I love that over the course of the show, she only not only does she grow more confident with you know what she's trying to do, but she really becomes quite the threat. And I think we're gonna we're gonna see um, a very angry Deidre in the second season and the years that lead up of. Uh, you know, being that she almost got her prize in the end and then she didn't, but a great character, and I just love, like, even the, like, the one officer that she's always kind of angry against uh, and and seeing, like, they're, they're almost, like, rivalry of, of officers, mm-hmm. and then when she has that little bit of information that definitely works out in her favor, especially with the whole uh, heist situation we'll get to in a little bit, um, some of those moments, I was like, just keep me on this board meeting, I want to see all this yeah yes, we did bring up a little bit how um Cyril's character does kind of they kind of allude ish to this potential uh I won't say full on romance between the two of them, but at least there's a there's a liking that maybe she can give him the second chance he really deserves being that he's like, I'm this go-getter that will I will go to the nth degree to. Get they're, they're
0: similar spirits. They've kindred spirits.
1: You know, there's so spirits. Obsesses but she's still very that. Yeah, he's <laughs> a. he kind of is trying to gain her favor, so that he can hopefully like, like, can you get me a? Yeah, can I join the ISP? Can I like, you know? And it's and she's like, yeah. go home. You know, she's constantly like, no, leave the,
2: leave the adults here. You know, it's
1: yeah, exactly. It's like go, leave it to the go back to your
2: cubicle. Go back to your <laughs> Star, Star to your... Wars space cubicle. <laughs>
1: Um, but as you did mention, you know, Luthan here, Stellan Skarsgård, so obviously we're very happy to see Diego Luna back in this role of Cassian Andor. He was so good in that in, in Rogue One. He definitely was a standout, uh, a fan favorite. So for him to be like the lead of this series, mm-hmm. um, and this whole first, like I said, first few chapters is, you know, this this thing happens, he kills two guards, and now he's trying to get off his home planet. And I did like throughout these first three episodes we were getting this backstory- of the planet that he came from and that he really came from this like kind of tribal planet that didn't speak English and the empire's reach on all these systems. You know, I'm sure they would gone to all these different planets to see like, what can we collect? What can we mine? What can we pillage? Who can we enslave? All this kind of crap. Yeah. Um, and getting to meet uh, Fiona Shah, who we loved in so many things. It's its so crazy to think of her as aunt Petunia in the Harry Potter series. And like, she's done, so many things the last like five six years like yeah she's been just booking like and I'm like she's
0: fantastic
1: yeah um as 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 Cassian's adoptive mother um and I love that droid they have in this series he's just so cute and I was like you know I I appreciated that they were like we're gonna add a new droid because that's kind of the thing is we we should have a new droid in every series he's just cute. And like
2: B two E M O or B two emo, which is very which is very fitting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but c- c- Cassian, you're, I, I, you're you're not staying. <laughs> why why are you leaving? And he's just he's very he's a very emotional droid. And I I I loved his devotion to Marva and to and to Cassian and everything. And
1: it is true. And this is great. It's just, I love the home setting. I love this planet. You know, they built this whole street and like these buildings and meeting kind of like the citizens of, of, you know, where Cassian is living with his mom and how there's, there's a very protective nature of,
0: yeah this community for sure. Oh yeah.
1: This community knows how to be secretive. I love the idea of like, we communicate through like drums and like all these different sounds and like,
0: you know, wind chimes
2: and an anvil
1: and an anvil. Yeah.
2: Oh,
0: props to the Anvil guy. He was the standout for sure.
2: Props to Anvil guy.
0: No matter what happens. I hope hope
1: that's the, I hope that's how he's uh, credited, you know, on IMDb. (laughs) It's credited as I was Anvil guy. um, And I knocked a Stormtrooper out and that was awesome. It feels very lived in. And I like how like, yes, there is this element of this, uh, you know, You get occasionally the stormtroopers walking by, or like you know, there's there's that nature of
0: it's a good con it's good contrast of community between that and all the coruscant scenes where Mm -hmm. it's everyone's kind of putting on this persona. Oh yes, but also there's a layer of deceit and fear of you know the government and being the rich. It's like
2: good. It's a good classes system as well. I would say, and then I'm sure you both have experiences through uh, your travels around the country and even around the world. But it's all it also really shows the difference between big city living and small town living, where in a big city like Coruscant or New York, where Chris and I have both lived, everybody, you know, you have a destination, you're getting to your spot, you're trying to get to where you're trying to go, and you don't really mind anyone else. You just mind yourself and, you know, whoever your circle is versus a place like Ferex, where, you know, especially with the Empire coming down on them and really, you know, trying to oppressing them and restricting what they can do, you're right they have this sense of community this sense of family with everyone and which is something that i definitely experienced throughout my travels to the u.s and going to the smaller towns that i performed in and things like that where you know every everybody knows everybody's name everybody goes out and sees the show you know i mean i remember i went to see a movie in you know when i was in nebraska and like everyone was there because it was the one day off that like the like everybody in the theater that i was in was there because it was our one day off that's how but it then, is like the entire auditorium filled up because it's just you know every it's it's the one it's one of the places to go
1: and i yeah i love that in this you can tell like it's they they have their little hiding spots and like i love like the like, the radio tower is, like, in that, like, you know, thing they climb up on the ladder. And, like, they have their little things to, yeah. like, get out and hear information. But it is, like, you have to be a lot more careful because there's not a lot of places to go. And this whole kind of beginning chapter with Cassian trying to escape and Luther coming to really his, like, you know, saving moment here. Luther's a great character in the mm-hmm. series because you can see it's really the first time at least... I would say from a rebellion standpoint of like really having a strong character that is risking it all. And, and then starting to see like what really the price of rebellion means. Like, I love how he stands up uh, to um, obviously we get uh, what's his face right. in here. Saw Gerrera in here comes in later and like, you know, he's, he's a, a, a big brute of a character. Definitely. Uh, uh, as we see in Rogue One still, um, how he stands up to him, but then there's also like this cunning second nature of, like I loved all the scenes, and we're about to get into Mothra anyway. The scenes of Luthen in, no, in, in, Mothra—that's oh, a completely whatever.
2: different character.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know what I'm I'm talking about, <laughs> but no, Luthen putting on this like disguise to be this like antique seller on Coruscant. And using that as his shop to, you know, talk to her and to try to relay information and to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. All those bits were great because you could, you could tell just even that dangerous moment of like, my my driver could be working for the Emperor right now. How would I know? And she's like, they change every week. Yeah. Some of that stuff was really intense. You're just like, yeah, one slip of a wrong line and you could be done for. You could be in jail. It's like, it's just crazy. Yeah. Um, But we meet Luthien. He helps Cassian. Yeah, a big other arc to this whole series, like you said, is is our lovely lady on Coruscant um, really having to just put on a face and do her best to fight this political battle uh, when you're living in a world where there is the Emperor. I did think I wonder if we were going to see the emperor at all. I mean, we,
0: yeah, that was a missed opportunity. I was hoping in the Senate that the mm-hmm. emperor would be there.
1: I thought he would maybe pop up in the center and be like, we
2: do. Well,
0: and I think um, maybe, maybe season 2 we'll get um, somewhere there. You know, probably if you think about, if you think about back to Tarkin when he says the emperor has already dissolved the council of the Senate. Yep. So I think maybe we're going to see that scene. Yeah. And, and I, it was so devastating to see her like, you know, we've all felt that when you're in school and you're doing a book report and nobody cares. All the lights uh, turned off. I know. And I'm They're like, like okay. bye. Yeah. Poor girl.
1: But yeah, we have uh, Genevieve O'Reilly uh here and she's fantastic. In this. She's lovely. She's a great actress. And I just love all these scenes, especially like she has like her, really, I, I call them the idiot husband the whole time. <laughs> this, he's just drinking the whole time and he's just an idiot. But like these scenes of like her friends and like with Luther and really trying to, do what she can. And, you know, she's obviously a key ingredient to the rebellion. And I think she's going to have even the bigger stuff to go on, you know, with the season two, which is going to be multiple years. But I love all these scenes. It was very interesting to see, like, yeah, you have the dirty streets of yeah. Ferrix. You then have the whole thing with the heist, where a lot of it's like in the hills and the mountains. And then obviously, we're going to get to the prison. To see these grand Coruscant scenes mm-hmm. were very... It was very fun to watch. And again, you're seeing some of that everyday life of what's happening and with their culture too, with like the daughter uh, and the whole, the whole story of like, look, we need money.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, no, you're not going to talk to it. look, we need money. And then her, you know, the scheming guy who's like, I'll give you the money, but you gotta let my son marry your daughter. I, I was, it's just like all the, again, that political of like, what are you willing to do for the rebellion? at the end of the day? And how Luther kind of pushes that, you know?
2: Yeah. What are you What are you willing to sacrifice, uh, in order for the rebellion to stand? And that, I, I mean, I know we're kind of jumping around here, but there was some brilliant acting moments and just story moments throughout this entire series. I oh, the which, best of Star Wars, period. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one of them was Luther's monologue to to his to to his mole in the eye, so I was going to say, you yeah. you don't,
0: you don't appreciate my sacrifice. He goes, what are you sacrificing? Oh, yeah. And it's like, and
2: everything. Sacrifice. I sacrifice everything. <laughs> and, and I mean, we, you not not only is it just a, it's just a beautifully, beautifully written monologue and like, and you totally you know everything is just hitting so hard, but when you have someone like Stellan Skarsgård, like you know, performing it and oh, yeah. bringing the gravitas that he brings to every role I've seen him do, just bringing that gravitas into it and that just that foundation and that depth. I mean, I I had and I mean, and this was in an episode with two with two brilliant speeches. One by him, and then the other by the incomparable Andy Circus, and we'll probably oh, get yes. to that in a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, I was already like my like goosebumps from Circus's monologue, and then Luthan comes out and does that, and I'm just like blown away. <laughs> yeah. And oh man, it just his character, his character arc throughout the entire throughout this entire season is just so well done. And you like you get to a point where like. He, he, there's 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 nothing his humanity is is at stake almost where it, he's losing it in order to in order to create a better future for those who come after him um and it just oh it's it was heartbreaking and and inspiring as well and it's and, and which is exactly what he was you know which is exactly what he was intending to do with that speech to that guy
1: oh yeah yeah just yeah he's it, so good in this show and it, it, it and also so one of the
2: coo- to- has one of the coolest ships I've ever oh seen. Oh, my
1: gosh. The best escape moment of all Star Wars, <laughs> where he used the Iron Man 2 uh, moment with his ship. Yeah, that was so badass. My gosh.
0: Let's try spinning. Um, That's a good move.
1: <laughs> a couple of episodes that really stood out with at least Cass- Cassian trying to really prove himself as like, look, I'm on your side. I'm here for the job. Um, we have the heist. We have this whole three-episode arc on Aldani where Luthen has hired him to help this group of rebels to go steal from the Empire. <laughs> and this great whole thing where, like, there's this once a, you know, this event that happens. Uh, I can't remember how often it does, but, like, this great, like, rain of, like, meteors is going to happen. It's going to light up the sky, and a bunch of the locals come in to watch it. So all eyes are going to be on that. We should pretend to be imperial officers, mimic them, get in there, steal as much as we can, get the hell out. And the great bit of Cassian being like, "Well, how are you going to get this thing out?" And they're like, "Well, there's you know the the car is down." And he's like, "That won't fly. Like, who's going to fly that?" There's... <laughs> it was funny because it almost felt like when episode four ended, that's when the heist was going to start. No, then we have episode five. That's when the heist... no. Yeah, they really took their time with this group of people. To show that as much as they're kind of cool new characters, um, some that last, some that don't, the untrust even between these six, seven people of this new person was right there that that's how scared and worried these people are is they they who knows this new dude can uh, Clem over here as he's naming himself could be a total uh, Empire spy right now. Yeah, all the Aldani stuff I thought was great. It, it it built the tension up so that when we finally got the actual like full heist moment, and we get the one moment where it kind of starts to go awry and that and the Empire catches on, you're just like, oh god, are they gonna get out? I don't know. It's just it was so good. I loved it. I loved the chaos of of the yeah. whole heist.
0: Oh, and it it was just great. Like I want to see more heists in Star Wars. Like this is what um. I mean, this had more stakes yeah. than the solo. Oh, heist. Yeah. um <laughs> I was like, you know, and I was and I'm like, everyone's dying left and right. It was like a classic, like, man, Tarantino, you should be doing Star Wars because it's like we're losing, yeah. Yeah, losing yeah. these peeps left and right and people are turning on each other. But yeah. Cool.
2: And and especially with this with this group led by another Game of Thrones alum, um, I think uh, what was her name? My brain. Uh, Faye Marseille playing Vel. Um, who if you if anybody remembers, she plays the waif that goes up against yep. Arya in the house of Beat black and white. Over and um, over again
1: until she learns.
2: Yep. yep. And, and and of course we then find out that she is Mon Mothma's Ooh, cousin. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's because it was all of a sudden like, oh, what is she doing in in court? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. She, so there is that <laughs> connection. Um but I thought I thought that yeah, I thought that her her character throughout the whole thing also was great and her like like wait we we have a crew we don't need another person okay well you're forcing me to so i'm just gonna you know go go with it but then how far she's willing to go in order to make sure that everything goes according to plan and make sure that every you know that everything happens properly um just yeah that the whole the three or four episode arc of the yeah, heist. It was like a three or
1: four arc. And it's, the setting was great, too. I just love... Again, it's like they went and actually filmed this and, like, you know, actual location. Obviously, I'm sure a lot mm-hmm. of the set for where the actual... Uh, all the credits were and all that stuff was probably a set. But it just looked great. Yeah. And when the actual eye happened and Cassian, you know, is escaping and it's just like these TIE fighters chasing him and all these comets are just going... I mean, it's it's like a visual feast. You're like, oh, yeah, it was worth the wait for this intense escape uh, section. But I love that how it ended with, you know, we we just watched the bear uh, earlier this year and one of the characters in that, um, you know, him (laughs) just showing that even one of the members of this rebel is, is greedy and that he wants to take the money and that Cassian ends up shooting him was a really, I thought, strong moment to show like, yeah, there's, there's greed. And, and even for someone like casting can understand that. But he doesn't stand for that. He's got his code. You know, these people risk their yeah, life he's, for he's, this job. And he's like, just, so you know, that guy was going to kill you. I, I, you know, it's like, I, I, he's gone. It's just, whoa, that was crazy.
2: Yeah. And, and I, I I don't want any more than what I was promised. I just want my, my share. So I'll go, I'll go grab that for myself. And I'll get out of your hair. Good luck to you. <laughs> um and i bid and, you and, i do. and i bid you do. <laughs> to which he then you know goes off he's on i i, I mean well oh, there's that one i know i'm bringing in star trek into this briefly but there's that one planet in next generation where they always go uh ryza they always go to ryza because it's like the you know the vacation planet so it's yeah. almost like that's where cassian goes to to he went to like, cancun Layla. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and yeah i went to cancun exactly <laughs> um and then to re- just to really show you how far the empire has taken their rule of law because Aldani has happened. They're pissed off. So like, all right, we're just going to go martial law period across the galaxy. And, and you're,
0: yeah, you looked at me funny. You're under arrest. Oh, you sneezed. Yeah. It's yeah. like
1: 16 years. You're getting 16 years of prison. Uh, excuse yeah. me. And I saw the whole time casting's like, no, I'm I'm just I'm just gonna go. I, I I'm just here for vacation. I'm just gonna go. <laughs> no, like no, sir. And obviously, yeah. we get a little, uh, you know, if you will, a cameo of yep. not the friendly droid that uh, Cassian at oh. some point is going to meet, but um,
0: which I thought we yeah. were K 2s We have we have like Alan Tudyk. and they're
1: very uh intense, but um, yes, we get into the prison section, and I thought it was interesting already that we're gonna have this whole prison sequence, and I was like, well, where's this gonna go because. Yeah. We obviously know that he has to escape prison at some point. <laughs> so I was like, is he gonna be in prison for the rest of season one? Uh this is where the show for me took yeah. a really while yes. they're actually willing to do this on a Star Wars show. Um, because just to show you that you have that whole element of, okay, well, they're they're forced into kind of like labor, um, but they, they get to live. <laughs> they, you know, they're not killed, so we think. But yeah, meeting Andy Serkis in here, which even that was already yeah. like Andy Serkis, like Snoke. This is, is well, he's no. not Snoke. This isn't a Snoke prequel. A yep. lot of people are like,
0: it's a prequel to Snoke.
1: No, it's not. He's a totally different character. Um, but him kind of like this, yeah, leader of of the floor that uh, Cassian ends up on, and they have to build these things. We're not sure what the, these things are building. We know the Empire desperately wants them. Yeah, yeah. but um. This was what great. They? This They're whole called the widgets. Free, What's a widget? It kind of was like matter. three, three and a half uh, episodes. Just showed you the power of what the Empire will do. This idea of like these floor panels that are electric and that if you are not in position, they will just kill you. They just...
2: yeah,
0: Yeah. And every time the officers come in, it's like everyone hands on your head. It was just like, one wrong, you're and like, it adds yeah. to this whole theme of the show one wrong move you're dead yep you know if you you know it's and it was like i we've never seen that level of intensity and this just mm-hmm. adds to all the layers of the empire that we've never have not seen this to this degree and it, yeah it was again tension upon tension and like the grittiness and then they're working these guys to the bone, and then the shopkeeper pr- in a Guardians of the Galaxy, guy, uh, yeah. who was the um, yeah. who was the you know the bro- <laughs> yeah. yeah the broker yeah. the
2: broker. I was like, hey, broker, was, and he's just was, like, yeah. huh, huh. I was yeah. like, poor poor guy. Yeah, and and. Oh, and we get introduced to Be- uh, yes, Melshi or Belshi. I can't yeah. remember if it's a B or an M, but we get introduced to that the character mm. it, who we then see later in Rogue One. And so you see the beginnings of his relationship to Ant, to Cassian and why, yeah. and, and to me, that's like, okay, this is why when Cassian officially decides, okay, I'm going to help Jin with this whole thing. We're talking about Rogue One, you know, with trying to get to... Um, Mm-hmm. You know, the the Citadel. Scarif, yeah. Scarif. Um, and but you now fully understand why Belshi is why Belshi is gonna follow him. Why Melshi is you, willing we, to yeah. you see his level yeah.
0: of inspiration as a rebel, future rebel. Leader. Yes, exactly.
1: And even the even the way that Cassian is able to like get Andy Circus's character to be on board. Um, obviously we have this whole kind of creepy twist moment where they they the old man does get you know, sick. And then they realize that I love how they have like kind of like the we can kind of do sign language with the other groups, you know, with their bridges Mm -hmm. and like we're kind of figuring out things. And it's always, you know, Indy circus is very hardcore, like don't don't be talking, pay attention, stay in line. But we find out that, you know, they have in each of their cells, it tells them how much time is left on the time they owe for the, you know, for their crime. When they realize that a whole floor was killed because they found out that no, you don't go you don't go home,
0: you it's go like, to another floor. You know, it's and keep almost working. like you know what it's like? It reminded me of the movie The Island, where nobody yeah. the island is deaf. Mm-hmm. And that you know, everyone's just working, um, but there's no mm-hmm. hope. It's that false sense of hope. And it was like down to the alpha. It's like, oh my god, this is like the island. I was like, so it was really very bleak post-apocalyptic kind of futurist.
2: Yeah. And
1: then Andy Circus becomes planet of the apes.
2: <laughs> Rise up.
1: It was like his turn was great, though, because it wasn't just like a, a 50-50 thing. It was like, you see, even when it was like Cassian trying to talk him into like, we got to get out of here. He's like, we're stuck here. That's just what it is. Just, like he, And then to see that on. slow, like, they they lied to me because he was so like, I'm going to do my job and do it well. And then one day I'll get out of yeah. here to see all that work not happen. And then that that escape scene was just badass. It was just like mm-hmm. chaos in in the prison. <laughs> the bridges coming down and Cassian doing the whole water thing and then just them climbing, trying to take out these guards and I love how like the gu- well, some of the guards were like stuck in a room and they're all scared like, like almost like an active yeah. shooter situation. They're all yeah. freaking out for their lives but F this show for finally getting this escape moment and then Andy Circus is like
0: I
2: can't swim. I
0: can't
1: swim. Oh, And we never see him again. Hopefully he made it out. I mean you imagine there was enough guys. Couldn't they drag him along in the water? I'm sure they could. If he died, that's really sad. But you know what? Hey, you you got all these people out. You helped a lot of people escape. Yeah. Um. Definite heartbreaking. We get moment. this fun little alien scene uh, <laughs> with Cassian and his friend, and he's they like get trapped in like this kind electric, of like web shooter med, thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of funny. Um. But yeah, kind of branching into the last chunk of the show with um. Like, and we have this whole plot with, you know, Sagarera and Luther. He's like, "You're telling me that what's his face? We're just gonna leave him to die with all his people. And he's like, if we if we get him out, they will know something's up. We have to let this happen. And it's again that like, what's good for the cause? What's good for the greater good? Some of that stuff is so intense. you're just like, because especially Sagarera, Luthen, I think, is a little more level-headed. Oh, so- Saw, Gerrera
0: in the show, always, you know, well, he's
2: he's an extremist, yeah, absolutely. And like, so you,
0: yeah, and like by by the time Rogue One, he's kind of gone off the rails. Yeah, you know, with his little inhaler and everything, he's more. What do you think, man? Yeah, think it's I'm like, going to do this. will tell you if you're lying. Like, <laughs> what, what did he say? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and and of course we've we've seen him like uh, you know playing like you know Jedi Fallen Order, so you see where he's become more level-headed, but he's starting to go off the rails, but even like when he was like, dude, I'm nuts. And you're talking about killing all these dudes, you know, Luthan you're like cold. So it was like, I love that scene where they're holding a the gunpoint. And it was like, and even the one guy with the mask who we, we, I want to know his backstory, you know, with the, uh, you know, he yells at everybody. So I was yeah. like, Lieutenant, um, but it's, oh, it's so good. And to see Luthan playing all those sides, you know, yeah. him with Mon Mothma and the very, you know very haha it's all good here anyway let me tell you this oh yeah this wonderful piece and then him just kind of doing all that stuff meanwhile he's trying to get rid of loose ends and he's like oh yeah casting a hire for this thing I'm actually trying to kill him off because yeah. he connects me and i was like oh yeah. well that's a turn
2: yeah and the whole thing with Crazy. uh Kriega, which is the the freedom fighter who get who goes into that ambush uh because for the of course, everybody yeah. knows it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this thing. And the Empire gets win, So we're going to set a trap. And all I could think of was the imitation game with Benedict Cumberbatch and the whole story about breaking the Enigma code during World War Two mm-hmm. and how it's like we can save all these people. And and Alan Turing, at least in the movie, I'm assuming um, was like, we can't we can't save everybody just because we know it they will
1: know because that we know
2: they'll yeah. know that we know that they know that we know
1: <laughs> they will know that we know and then they'll change their code and then we have to do it all over. exactly, again.
2: exactly. Yeah. so it gave me huge like like that imitation game vibes when there's a lot, there's... A lot of
0: inspirations for a cinema for sure 100 oh, yeah.
2: um and yeah it's just like we can't we can't do it all we can't save every single person. We need them to think that they've succeeded, so that they keep doing what they're doing, so that we can keep doing what we're doing.
1: And We do have another element here in this last few episodes. That uh, again, the darkness of the empire, uh, or Bix, who is Cassian's, you know, friend and somewhat like girlfriend, oh, if you will. Uh, just wow, we've we've seen the torture droid before, like you know, in, in the original uh, trilogy. But this this device that this officer uses yeah. that like basically mind melts this poor girl and and shows her all these dark creepy images and they're just trying to torture her to get you know where is Cassian who was the person that you know they're trying to find out who, they don't know who Luthan is but they're trying to find out who Luthen is and and you know who is who is who is, who is, who is Axis know. some of that was really dark um, and I I was like wow again it's just I was surprised that they were Disney was like on board for this. But I, it just shows the strength of what is, mm-hmm. what we're fighting. What is going to lead to Rogue One? Of like, they're you know we're we're going to build the great evil. We have to, and you know we yes we have our yeah. Luke Skywalker, we have our Han Solo, we have these big names that are taking on some of these big things. But these everyday heroes that are risking their they lives, got them you know?
0: to where they're at. Yeah. If it wasn't for them, exactly.
1: Um, poor Marva, uh, dies and that was kind of dark too, like Cassian finally get out into prison, and after all this shit goes down, and then he calls home, you know, and it's like she's gone, so clearly this is also like the Empire going, well wait wait, wait. they're gonna do a big funeral thing Cassian will probably show up this could be our trap, this is how we get yes. him this was just so yes. cool this moment of like the robot, the droid showing up, and like this huge projection of Marva, and this awesome speech of like Yes. you know, things have changed. I've lived this whole life, and blah blah blah. And there's a sickness. There is a disease. It's almost like uh, uh, the Matrix. Like it was uh, you know, Agent Smith. But her basically being like, um, the Empire is evil. Fight the Empire. Yeah. And apparently, up you, up yours. They wanted. Empire. They yeah. apparently they wanted her to say f the Empire. But it's they can't with yeah. Star Wars. And just we yeah. causing this like uproar of like, let's take
0: them on.
1: This great, awesome, but kind of like the the image of um, Luther with this hood on, just looking out at the streets of Ferrix and seeing the chaos, and being like, "Damn, this is what rebellion's gonna cost. It's not gonna be pretty." It that was like a really cool. Yeah, it wasn't like a very bombastic finale, but it had a lot to it that shows like the spark has been lit. The spark has definitely been lit mm-hmm. and Cassian, of course, is trying to get out. He's just like, crap, I have to get out of here. And at the end, you were almost like, is Luther going to kill him at the end? It kind of left off. Mm-hmm. I was fine with the ending, but I wasn't happy with the ending in that it was one of those. It like, felt like
0: there was there was another episode that we were missing. Yeah, like it, it wasn't, wasn't like, like a it... dun,
1: dun, dun, but I think it was a way to kind of show like Luther It was like, you know, Cassian's like, all right, kill me. Just do it. Just, you know, do what you have to do. I think it was like a wink, wink, like Luthen's going to now use you for a lot of stuff. Like he, he knows yeah. that Cassian is a worthy, uh, chess piece to use in this game.
2: And I mean, he, cause I mean, Cassian says straight up, he's like either kill me or take me in. And I think that with the difference in demeanor of Cassian at the beginning, when Luthen first meets him, when all he's like, I'm just trying to sell you this thing. I just need the money to get out of here. Versus he's not gone through this whole journey, including his prison stint and realizing what the empire is like really capable of. And then seeing, and then witnessing everything that like was happening um, in Ferex and seeing, and then like say saving Bix and all of that. It's he Luthen recognizes that now Cassian has gotten to the point where he's ready to join the cause um, as, as our favorite sagarero would say, join the cause. Um and I mean what, what we're talking about with the story of the whole series kind of being more on the darker side and Disney going along with it all credit to Tony Gilroy who was insistent on making on making this show in that in that theme in that theme and living in that and not just taking it light like we were saying like we were saying at the beginning and it's Star Wars wasn't originally intended for kids so we have to keep that in mind but. All of the kids who watched it the, the first time are now all adults, and they still want to keep watching Star Wars. They still want to keep experiencing the magic that happened yeah. when they were kids. And you can't just get away. You can't get away with that with a bunch of little kid, or fo- or just focusing only in on little kids and leaving like a couple of jokes.
0: We can't have little green babies, you know, using force all the time. We got we have you wait like- till Grogu
1: starts beheading people because it's gonna happen. Lando season three. I know. Yeah.
0: You know, talking about last, last little shout out to um, you know Cyril and um yeah, uh, what's her name? Uh, Deidre. 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 That was a
1: Cyril saving Deidre. and it was almost like should we kiss? And she's like,
0: "Let's go." <laughs> I know it was really it was really intense, and I was like, I have not felt that sexual tension since happen. Han and Leia. I'm saying
2: sorry, Season
0: Natalie two. and Hayden, but <laughs> I was like, I want I want some hot you know sexy Star Wars. Can we get some of that? That's what I want. Yeah.
1: And we um, we do leave off this great little post credit scene where we of course find out those things that they were making in the prison are actually things that help build the Death Star. All oh, backdrop. So uh, that was great because it was like the Death Star is pretty much complete, but the actual weapon like disc being like the put dish. together, all these droids like the dish. That was a great little tie off to be like, oh yeah, that stuff that they were forced in labor to do that's to help make their big weapon, which of course one day. Cassian will steal those plans to help destroy the Death Star. We yeah. know that Andor Season 2, which we're only going to get a Season 2, unfortunately. We're not going to get I think past that. Every three episodes will be a year, because this first season is five years before Rogue One, so we're going to have like a year gap, and then it's going to be like a season every few episodes. Yeah. Uh, a year, every few episodes. So we're very excited to see where Andor Season 2, uh, where it would all go. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to get it until probably 2024, This has kind of been the thing with a lot of shows lately is uh, we're going to have to wait a while, but we are going to definitely be excited. And Diego Luna has said that it'll change your opinion and mindset on Rogue One, which I think is going to be exciting.
2: Change it in what way? I already love it. What are you you trying to get me to do? You're going to
1: love it even more. (laughs) I I don't know. Maybe he's just saying things. For me, I will say uh, from the production value, the directing, the acting, the intense storyline, and actually having a dark, gritty uh, thing to 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 worry about and to be threatened by and just on edge for a lot of these episodes yeah. this is exactly what i wanted for this show so i'm going to give Andor right up there a 9.5 out of 10 i love this and i can't wait for season two
0: and this is uh tough for us i'm going to give it uh a 9.5 as well because
2: we don't do that very often folks no tim yeah no i i, I definitely have to be up there 9.5 and the only in re- in yeah and it just, it, it's just it's I Can't give it a perfect score because if it's a perfect score, then it's like, it, Yeah, where is there to go from there? Again, we talked about there were certain things that didn't pay off that we wanted to, yeah. But again,
0: next season, we might change this rating, yeah. Who knows?
1: We will find out. But uh, thank you, Tim, for being back here on the podcast. Um, of course, we're very excited. We have just a few months away, we will have Mandalorian season three coming out. Uh, I think it's debuting. March 1st or something like that so uh, we're excited to see Mando and Grogu back in action For uh, so we'll be definitely in touch soon my friend but you can now relive the 12 episode season of Andor now streaming on Disney Plus and that was this edition of Potential Picks Thanks for listening to the Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Potential Podcast
0: or on Twitter at at the potential pod or you can email us send us your positive feedback and thoughts suggestions and more through our email the potential at yahoo.com i'm your host chris doer and i'm your host taylor sokol stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture entertainment and nerdum. and remember
1: know,
0: know your, your potential, potential.